I love card games. I love them because you can play them anywhere. It's so easy to carry cards with you and being the card person feels awesome. Um, if you don't, if, if you didn't get it, I'm usually the card person. I have cards with me. I just love card games. They're so much fun. So I want to talk about card games. I admit I don't play card games as much as an adult as I did when I was a kid and a teenager, but I used to play them all the time. And when I do play as an adult, every time I think, this is fun. I should do this more often. (laughs) Yeah. Card games are great. For me, it is difficult to keep a lot of card games in your head if you're not playing them a lot. So for this episode, as we were doing some research, I had to watch a lot of videos on how to play some of my favorite games because I just completely forgot. But then it's like riding a bike. As soon as you see a couple rules, you're like, ah, I got this. I got this. Let's go. It's funny. You mentioned, like you mentioned videos. I never thought to look up videos. Like I, I, I was also doing some research. I did all of my research on Wikipedia. Oh, you sat there and read all those rules. I mean, and mo- but these are these were games I already knew, so I was just kind of being reminded of like, oh yeah, that I forgot about that aspect of it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that that aspect of it because you know some of these games I haven't played in a while. Uh, but it is kind of funny. Like it's like looking up Wikipedia rather than just looking up YouTube stuff is going to if it doesn't already, it's going to sound to people fairly soon as if I said I went to the library and looked in the card catalog. Like <laughs> it's like that's a, that's how the old people research things. <laughs> It does. It does sound like you're flipping through a card catalog if you're in Wikipedia. Yeah, I didn't just go to YouTube and search like everyone else. (laughs) There are a lot of good like how to play videos that are top down, nice and clear. You see all the hands, you see like they set up different players. It's so much easier than reading the rules. That makes so much more sense. I yeah, I I should have thought of that, but didn't. You should be embarrassed. (laughs) So as I was thinking about card games, there are, to me, two different main types of card games. And those are skill games versus luck games. And I tend to enjoy skill games when I want to think and luck games when I don't. That's interesting because I actually I, I took note in my picks about like what the balance is between skill and strategy in each one. Um, because almost every card game, if not every card game, has some degree of luck involved but the question is like is it all or mostly luck or or do you have opportunities for making strategic decisions in your moves like because that's that's one thing like i i tend not to enjoy games where most of the turns i take i don't have that many choices to make yeah you hate games that just happen to you yeah like a game like oh well you can you got to wait until you draw this one kind of card before you can do anything it's like well that doesn't leave me a lot to do with my brain then (laughs) you don't like the i'm a warm body game yeah yeah the kind of (laughs) game that like you could write an ai to play it in like an afternoon like that's i'd rather not play that kind of game because it like if it's just like you only have a certain number of moves you can make and most of the activity is just looking at the, the at the situation of the game and just figuring out what what is the move i can make oh there's one and then you make it and that's your only choice is like oh I, I only had one possible move to make so your only choice is either you spot the move you can make and you make it or you miss the move you make and you're an idiot and like that if that's the only thing you're doing i don't like that kind of game i love that your like threshold here is can i build a robot to play this game <laughs> if yes do not like if no i am interested <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's like I, I like games where where there is a lot of activity for my brain to to do. Now, not always, and you'll see like some of my picks there there isn't such a thing. Um, but I like the games better when there is some element of strategy. 
But I also don't like it to be all strategy, like something like chess, which like I, I can't get into games like that because I don't think far enough ahead and and make long term plans and and work out all all the possible moves in in games like I'm mostly just looking at the status quo and thinking like what's the best move I can make right now but I want there to be more than one choice does that make sense like yeah. I want there to be more than one option that I can take at each turn so I have to think about which option I want to take but I don't want to have to think out every possibility of what might happen for the next eight moves down the line after this. So I was also watching some videos on some like really advanced card people, like magician kind of card people's favorite card games. And I was very surprised. A lot of them have very favorite. A lot of them have card games that are almost all just luck and no thinking. And I think that that's kind of interesting because it's like the opposite of what they would do in their career or mm. like doing tricks and having to like think about like 15 steps ahead. They love the card games that were just like fast and fun and stupid. Well, but some of them also like when we talk about luck versus skill, there is there are other aspects to some of these like the entire area of casino games has betting to go along with it. Oh, I have lists of games. I right. did research. <laughs> well, but like that, like a game that is mostly luck based like something like poker you know there's a lot of luck in poker if you just look at the hands that you are dealt and which hand wins but people make it much more interesting than that by involving people and betting and trying to trying to figure out what other people have and playing you know playing the player not the cards like that so you can make a game more interesting and more strategic and more skill-based that is otherwise on the surface seemingly luck-based by involving the, you know mechanics like that but not every game has those mechanics so there are a wide variety of different card games and Wikipedia has them all listed. And so I want to list kind of the, so the you categories. you did go to Wikipedia to do research. Well, I'm just reading the bold words. I'm not really reading. <laughs> okay. I'm reading. <laughs> okay, youth. <laughs> I'm reading like the youths. So, <laughs> so we have trick-taking games, matching games, shedding games, catch-and-collect games, fishing games, uh, comparing games, solitaire or patience games, drinking card games, multi-genre card games, casino and gambling games, poker games is kind of like a subcategory, and other... <laughs> and there's fictional card games, too. But, obviously, we're not talking about this. <laughs> fictional. Like, some game they were playing in Star Wars that was never fully explained? Like, that right. kind of thing? Got That's it. That's the one. Cool. <laughs> All right, so... Are we including everything in our ranking, like all the, all types of card games, and are we including games that use custom decks that aren't just like the standard French deck that is like the 52 cards plus two jokers? Like, are we doing like regular, uh, like, quote, regular deck card games? Yes. Or are we including all games that happen to use cards that might include something like uh, Magic the Gathering or no. Uno? Stop. Yeah. No? Okay. No. We are, pl- we are talking about card games that you can play with just a regular pack of cards. You get okay. a pack of bicycle cards and the games that you can play with that. Got it. No additions, no extra doodads, no dice, no... Yeah, no trading cards, no the custom decks. Right. No uh, no Uno, I guess. Right. So oh, no Mealborn. No Mealborn. Oh, Mealborn's fun. That's a, that, that's a game yes. that has cards. That's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as the play pieces, but it is not a card game i well mm-hmm. okay it's one of those things it's like it's like a sour beer if you ask for a beer and someone gives you a sour beer and you weren't expecting that 
you're possibly going to react poorly to that, even though there are people out there who love sour beers, but it wasn't what you would think of when you say, can I have a beer? Right. If someone said, hey, let's play a card game and you pull out Mealborn, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's everyone's going to look at you and be like, what you doing, man? Yeah. Right. Where, first of all, <laughs> where have you been keeping that? Because it's kind of giant to like just have. Yeah, it doesn't really fit in a pocket. No, no. <laughs> Especially if it has a little tray. Yeah, there's so much involved. Mealborn's like, a big deck too. That's, right? That's a would big you deck. take Mealborn to a bar and play it on the bar? Mm, it would. It would have to be a really nerdy bar. Right. Okay. Fair Aver- enough. Average average person bar. Would you play Mealborn there? No. Yeah. No. No. And it's out. Maybe at a booth. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, booth is fine. I've yeah. I've seen bars with Connect Four. Like. It's okay. If it's a There's... game bar, that's different. If there, if it's a bar that has more than one game that you can like take off a dusty shelf, I love game bar. Yeah, <laughs> then 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 it's then all bets are off. Then you can do whatever you want. But if it's just a regular bar that no one else in the bar is playing a game and there's no games on the wall, then then yeah, I wouldn't play me board that. Even even at a booth, that would be tricky, but well, definitely card, not at the bar. Card games are great because you can play them anywhere if someone has a deck of cards. You can usually get a deck of cards almost anywhere. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like any country that you're in, any place, like there is going to be some sort of weird little convenience store that has a deck of cards. So it's like, yeah. if everyone just wants to hang and you're like, I'll be right back, you could be like, oh, are they getting cigarettes? Are they? No, I don't, I don't know why I went to cigarettes. No one <laughs> smokes anymore. But you can come back with a pack of cards and be like, hey. Well, or like if you ask a sufficiently large group of people, does anybody have a deck of cards? Like the odds are non-trivial that somebody will. I'm that person. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun when you are that person. You carry a deck of cards with you for three years and then one time somebody asks and you're like, yes, I got it. This is why I carried it around for three years. It is always worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good thing to like to have like in a backpack. If you're going to have a backpack and you have like your everyday carry and you have, you know, like a little flashlight and some pens and all that crap. And, you know, maybe some people have knives. Then, you know, it's always good to also have a deck of cards yep. in there. You know? Pack of cards in the EDC. <laughs> all right. So our sponsor this month is DoorDash. Once again, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Laundry, emails, errands, God knows what else. Give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. The weather's getting colder yeah. up here in where we are and some other places that other people are. And who wants to go outside in the cold? Yeah. Nobody. And especially like, you know, we're, we're still in times where going out is, is tricky and DoorDash makes that easy for you. Like you don't, you can just stay in your house and safely and conveniently order food. They have no touch delivery. They just, you know, leave it at your door per your instructions and it's wonderful. You can order in the app. You can watch everything in the app. It's super easy. When they get there, you know, you, they, it notifies you. You can tip them in the app. Everything is handled right there in the app. Safe easy, contactless. It's awesome. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos with DoorDash, or you can choose from your favorite national restaurant chains. Things like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, and so much more. We've used DoorDash. It is awesome. It really is great. It's it's a super easy service to use, and and we were so thankful to be able to use it. If you haven't tried it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, just use the code right now and order dinner tonight or order a snack in the afternoon whenever you're listening because it's such a convenient, fun way to get food. 
Exactly. And you can use our code TOP4, spelled out, of course, T-O-P-F-O-U-R, TOP4. Use that code with DoorDash. Here's what, you know, you, you go to Wait, the App Store. How do you spell that again? <laughs> Thanks. You go You T- go to the App T-O-P-F-O-U-R. F-O-U-R. Did I spell it wrong? No. Oh, good. I just, I just want, wanted to say it again. Yeah, it's it sounds great. T-O-P-F-O-U-R. Yeah, TOP4. So use that code in the DoorDash app from the App Store, and you will get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. So really, there's no excuse not to try this. $5 off, zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more by going to the App Store, getting the DoorDash app, and entering code TOP4 at checkout. Thank you to DoorDash for their support of TOP4 and all of Relay FM. Honorable mentions for card games. Yep. I, I, I was going to list Mealborn as honorable mention, but since it doesn't qualify, apparently, um, I'm left only with one, and that is regular old Klondike Solitaire. Klondike Solitaire? And I think the, and the only reason is why is probably because I, I, don't, I don't know how to play Spider Solitaire, which I hear is better. But, First of all, who calls it Klondike Solitaire? Well, I had to distinguish. I, it's the game most people just call Solitaire. Did you look that up, or do you just always call it Klondike Solitaire? I knew it, I would call I would just call it solitaire, but I knew it was officially called Klondike Solitaire. But solitaire does it come is, in a bar? And what would you do for it? Oh, the Klondike! Oh, I get it. <laughs> it took me a second. Wow, my joke was so bad. That's I should leave that entire pause in just to show how long it took me to get the joke. Anyway, uh, wow. <laughs> so. Uh, so regular solitaire, it's not that sophisticated of a game, and there are other forms like Spider Solitaire that I hear are better games. But what's great about solitaire is that I just think it's such a great thing that you that we've devised a mechanism where you can have a deck of cards and amuse yourself with you know anywhere, anytime, no people necessary, just you, and you can have this game that engages your brain a little bit. And it gives you something to do a little bit physically as well with, you know, anywhere you are. No, there's no requirements except a, a deck of cards in this, in this modern day and age. Like that, that's kind of amazing that you can have nothing with you. This requires no power. It requires no battery to be charged. It requires no other people, no internet connection, nothing. Just a, you know, a stack of 52 playing cards that you can buy anywhere for nothing and you can you can use yourself for you know an indefinite amount of time. I play just playing this one game. I think that's pretty cool. Have you ever played that version of solitaire where you hold the whole deck in your hand and you don't even have to lay anything out? It's like basically no. like a one handed solitaire, so you can even play like on a plane or something where you don't want to have to spread out all the cards in front of you. I don't know how that works, but I'm intrigued. That sounds interesting. It is. It's that's my favorite solitaire game. It's not on my list but i guess it's my honorable mention because it's pretty great you just have the whole deck in your hand you flip up four and then you are looking at the first and last of the four set and if they match you pull the ones in the middle um or if they are the same suit it's like then you get rid of all four like it's a discarding game and you try and get rid of your entire deck interesting i'll have to look that up yeah it's really good it's very fast and super fun yeah i've I've seen people doing it occasionally like on planes i never knew what they were doing yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my only honorable mention. What? How about you? I have an honorable mention of a favorite game that I played kind of like in a summer campy situation. No one will ever play this game with me anymore because it's kind of a mean game. <laughs> and it upsets a lot of people. 
especially grown-ups. Uh, so it's called Mao. And if anyone's ever heard of it, it's basically like a rule-following game. But the trick of it is, it's it, being kind of mean, is that only one or a few people playing know the rules. And you have to learn the rules as you go by getting penalized by breaking them. So it is a kind of brutal game, but it's really fun to play when you're playing with other people that don't know how to play. And that's the mean part. Yeah, it sounds like something I would not enjoy. No, you would hate it. I, you, I think most I nerds think would have a problem with this. I've tried to get you to play this game and you basically walked away. You had no, you wanted nothing to do with it. And so it's a really difficult game to convince people to play. And very <laughs> few people know how to play. It's a lot like a crazy eights kind of thing where you have a pile of cards in the middle. You have a flipped over card and you're kind of like adding cards to the pile. And then the rules come about when you, you know, maybe put doubles down or a certain card you have to say, like, have a nice day. And then if you don't say have a nice day, the dealer or someone in the group penalizes the person that doesn't say it with a card. So you don't learn to say have a nice day with a certain card until someone penalizes you with it. That's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but then you eventually learn, you eventually learn, and sometimes you will get penalized. Sometimes even experienced players get penalized with cards for, like, doing it wrong, but... Yeah, I love that game. I would love to be able to find a group to actually play it with sometime. So that's why it didn't make my list. Because, <laughs> Good luck. No, it's my favorite. It's like a great game that no one... It's just like Boulder Dash. No one ever <laughs> wants to play Boulder Dash. But, yeah, but that's actually a good game. <laughs> yeah, but no one ever wants to play. Uh, Except right. for the nerds on The Incomparable, who I love you. <laughs> all right. Is that any other honor modes uh, for you? <sighs> So I have a problematic list in that I have two card games in almost every space because I couldn't decide. So this is the top eight podcast. Because I like card games so much. I have such a long list of games that I know and play and I couldn't leave any of them out. So... I mean, this is what the honorable mentions are for. I know, but I I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> they go together so well. Okay, so I will do my number four and then you'll do your number seven and eight. Yay. Okay, so my number four is uh, 500 Rummy, which is also officially seemingly called 500 Rum. This is this is a game, it, it, most people have probably seen it, even if you don't necessarily know what it's called. It's in the Rummy family, so you like draw and then discard one, you know, per turn. And you're trying to make sets of short runs in the same suit. Of, of consecutive numbers or multiple cards of a kind like you know so you're trying to make like three threes or numbers four five and six all spades and every set you make you get to lay it down in front of you and then you get to play off of other sets other people have made in front of them by adding like the next card in the sequence or whatever else and you you play these rounds and they're scored in a, in a fun way uh, you know, until somebody reaches 500 points, which that could take a couple hours. So it's a nice way to spend an afternoon, you know, hanging out with your friends if you have nothing else to do. It has a couple of fun mechanics. One of the one of them that I like the best is that as you discard cards that you don't want to use, they you you keep spreading them out so that people can see the entire sequence of discarded cards. Well, those are the cards you played. Those are your point cards that you're putting no, no, down. No. The discarded cards you kind of like you you leave like a little bit overlapped. Oh, right, the like discard trail. Yeah, and so. If you pick up from the discard pile, you can pick up not only just the top card, but you can pick up as much of it as you want 
like you can go as far deep as you want and then you have to pick up everything past that and then you have to play whatever the deepest card was that you just picked up like in that hand and it's just a fun mechanic of like normally these these games like you play until you run out of cards this one if you think you can make a bunch of sets or if you see that there are sets in the discard pile you have the option to take the risk of taking a massive amount of cards from the discard pile and just dealing with it and hoping that you you know can play them all before somebody else goes out and it's it's a fun mechanic that adds it makes it a little bit more dynamic and dramatic than a rummy game typically tends to be as opposed you know as opposed to something like gin rummy which is you know you just have 10 cards in your hand and you just some whoever makes the first set wins there's not really a lot to to engage with there because it's not very dynamic as you go because you can't see what everyone else has and uh but 500 i think makes it much more dynamic by having the kind of open mechanic where you're playing the whole table and by having that like discard ability where you can pick up the whole stack or you know any portion of it if you want to so i just want to put a little asterisk here for all the people out there who are going to be emailing us about card game rules one of the points in the history of card games is that a lot of rules are regional or even house-based or family-based so the idea of like one strict version of how to play a certain game doesn't really exist because there's so many little caveats that can be just like oh this is a house rule or this is how this one family learned how to play and nobody's wrong here it's just slightly different variations and they are all basically valid yeah like as long as everyone that you're playing with can agree on the rules beforehand yes <laughs> then it, and you know there there are you know and and yeah if you're in, in some kind of tournament setting or like a, a much more serious competitive setting then things matter a little bit differently but when you're just playing with your friends yeah as long as you all agree on what the rules are which you probably do because you probably all learn the same regional variant of the game uh then it's fine so my number four is gin and 500 that's yeah that's good i mean they're they're very they're so similar they're related you know they're both in the rummy family right one's more like a mini version and the other's like the big long version yeah 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 so do you like them for the same reasons for the exact same reasons i like playing the like having to pay attention to the entire field of cards mm-hmm. that are out i like that you can play with two uh, um two people or more which is really great variant a lot of games sometimes they're not as fun with two people or um it's only two people so i like the versatility in these games i like the uh like the dynamic aspect of you're not looking for one particular thing you can kind of go for different win strategies so uh so yeah i i really like these games it's something that i know really well marco and i've played them together a bunch so it's kind of just like a an easy go-to game so it had to make the list yeah and it's also it's very easy to teach people like teach new players many people have already played it so you know if you if you have a group of friends and you want to play some cards odds are higher that you know than a lot of games that people already know this game or they at least know one of the rummy games so that they can easily figure this one out once you you know just you just explain a little bit of it Um, i also like that there is some strategy potential involved if you pay attention to what other people pick up and discard Mm. and you're like oh they're picking up sixes i better not discard a six you know like but but you don't have to pay that much attention to that kind of stuff if you don't want to you can you can easily succeed in the game without be basically card counting <laughs> and figuring out like what what everyone's picking up um so that that's kind of fun as well like I, I like that there is the opportunity there for deeper strategy but that you don't have to take it if you don't want to pay that much attention or if you don't want to like be that cutthroat about it what is your number three 
My number three is a game with many names. Uh oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here comes the bleep. <laughs> Here. We knew it as asshole. <laughs> Uh, it is officially called President, and it turns out that President is basically an American ripoff, almost exactly, of a Japanese game called Daifugo. You know, one person plays a certain number of the same cards. You can play, like, you know, two fours or three sevens or whatever, and then everyone has to go in sequence and match the same or higher value card but the same number of them. So if I played two fours, the next person has to play two of something higher than four. Then and there's all these you know different mechanics of like you know you can skip people. There are there are clear cards. Many of these, most of these, are actually house rules um, that are you know this game has lots of regional variation. There's this, this quick clear mechanic that that we play with, um, which is also it's like Wikipedia lists all these. Like we aren't the only ones <laughs> who've played this. What's great about this game, and, and it, it forms this like ranking system between hands. So then, like you know, somebody's the president, somebody's the vice president, and then down at the bottom you have like whatever you call the bottom two ranks. Usually, did you mention this is a drinking game? It isn't always a drinking game. It should be though. It is often a drinking game. It's more fun as a drinking game. I would say it's it's even usually probably a drinking game. Um, but I actually played this game a lot in middle school and high school before what? I ever drank, <laughs> because you can make it a drinking game. In, in that you can drink while playing it or you can involve drinking aspects like you can you can have like a higher ranking person able to tell lower ranking people to drink but that's not it's not part of the game itself it doesn't have any you know direct correlation that's true so and but i it guess is, then that in that sense any card game can become a drinking game if you're drinking while playing cards right <laughs> what's what's nice about this too this you know what I think one of the reasons why this is a, often a drinking game, not only is there this like social ranking aspect of it, like between each round so that everyone, it, it can be kind of dramatic in a fun way in a lighthearted kind of fun way. Oh no, I'm, you know, I'm the, the jerk again, or Hey, I'm the president, you know, F you. Um, so like there's, <laughs> it, it can get all that, but you don't have to pay that close of attention intellectually to this game. It is not a hundred percent luck based, but there is a good deal of luck in just the cards you get. But there is also skill to this game, but it's not, again, it's not one of those things where you have to watch super closely and otherwise you're going to lose. Like you can just wait for it to be your turn and you can, you know, look at the situation and just play some cards and you don't, you don't have to be paying super close attention, but there is still strategy and, and stuff involved in what you do. So that's, I think what makes it such a popular drinking game is that it has the fun social and funny dynamics it has a million different house rule variations that make it kind of fun and and can make it fast-paced um but it's and it's pretty easy to explain to people but you don't have to be paying like super close attention to it in order to succeed i love the giving up your cards at yeah. the end and having people grab for them that also gets pretty dynamic <laughs> yeah as just the quick clear you know, right. like where you can like jump the gun on on even if it isn't your turn if you happen to have the right cards to, to complete the set you throw them in and then it becomes your turn like it's just this fun this these fun dynamics to the to president that i think make it overall a very fun game and i was shocked when i when i did my research today like i i would have assumed this was another you know kind of regional college drinking game I had no idea that it was played all around the world. There's a game, it's, there's a very similar Chinese game. It is literally a direct ripoff of Daifugo, the Japanese game, and it's played like all over the US, all over like, <laughs> President is played everywhere, it turns out. I had no, I had no idea. But um, it is, 
it is nice and i would say of all the card games on my list i think president it's not the most sophisticated game it's not the most strategic game i think it's the most fun game so my number three is uh well my two number threes because i couldn't decide is (laughs) are egyptian rat screw Mm, that's a good one and spider solitaire very different games they okay are two totally <laughs> different games for totally different reasons and this is why like i couldn't just let them go because like i love spider solitaire for the ease of it but i only play that on a computer or my ipad or phone or something because it's so complicated there's so many decks involved and setting it all up and the amount of times that you have to like restart because you get yourself all blocked up in a way. So like the idea of setting out like four decks worth of cards in order to play like 10 moves and then I'm dead. I can't, I can't, I can't. So it's digital only. It had to make the list because I play it so often. I love spider solitaire. I started with the one deck. You move up to two, three, four. uh, Once you get better. And it's, it's a very intriguing and, and a lot more thinking version of regular solitaire it takes longer to do you can like step back with the computer game and and find the right moves which is actually pretty good so overall yeah number uh number three spider solitaire other number three egyptian rat screw <laughs> this game is a i love your ranking system for this episode <laughs> just get over it man it's happening it's i couldn't i couldn't not mention this stuff i couldn't actually like put uh, it's like my babies like i can't yeah you can't rank your babies use code top 12 to get five dollars off doordash (laughs) 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 t-w-e-l top four is easier to spell (laughs) um so egyptian rat screw no one's heard of this game first of all i love the name it sounds like a really awesome band and uh so i'm i'm there for that it is a card accumulating game so you win by gaining cards and you can also never actually be out of this game because there is a way to kind of slap your way in and grab cards (laughs) yeah this this is this is one of the few card games i've played where injuries were commonplace yes it's it's not it's it's more complicated than slapjacks it's kind of like crazy eights meets slapjacks uh meets spit in a way but it's it's a very dynamic game there are um you count the faces like when you play a face card you have a certain number of chances it's also like war to beat the face card or play another face card in order to move forward and each person has to then you know discard cards so you don't want to get rid of your cards you want to gain cards so that's why it's kind of um it's kind of uh detrimental for you to be playing a bunch of cards and then it's exciting when you actually get the big stack that accumulated because of um finding a uh, a gaining moment if someone couldn't beat your card or you slap by like the different rules that you can add and you can add to the rules so as you play this game if the standard set of rules with adding the cards with the face cards and then someone doesn't beat it so you get the cards back then if that's not enough and like the game's moving pretty fast um, and you want more you can add things like um whenever someone puts down a jack 10 you can kind of slap in and grab the cards so you can add these extra rules and there's basically no limit to how many extra rules you can add and it's just a matter of keeping them all in your head and being able to act on them so it's a fast game Um, you gain cards and it's easy to teach people because 
It involves mechanics that are pretty standard from other games, but it's just this giant garbage pile of every rule you can think of. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what makes it really fun because I like a fast paced game. Yeah, that's I I haven't played this probably since high school, but it is very fast paced. And I do love the like because the the times that you can slap in the the idea is whenever you see like doubles or something you you can whoever slaps it gets you the can whole do stack doubles, or something yep. like that you can do right? doubles jack 10 one-eyed jack suicide kings like you can like anything you can add or think of that is unique in a card game you can add in as a rule to gain cards and i also like that when you're out you're not actually out so if you're playing with a big group of people and someone's out you can eventually get back in if you're interested or you can just walk away yeah uh, like i, I love it it's, it's kind of like a hot seat game like it is if you, you can get up someone else can can sit down and you can see doubles or whatever and they can just slap in and they get those cards and they can and then they're in and then they can start playing the game like it's it's such a fun mechanic to to have kind of fluid players <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to have started. You can just jump on in and, and play this game, which is uh, is really fun. Which is strange that I paired it with one of the slowest games I could possibly think of playing. Yeah, Spider Solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spider Solitaire, you're right. Like, I think that's one of those games that is incredibly impractical to play in a non-computerized version. <laughs> yeah. Computers really helped the popularity of Spider Solitaire. And I think Egyptian Rat Screw, like, pairing them both because one is... It's a it's a high population of cards. And the other one, it's more fun if you have a bunch of people. Egyptian Rat Screw is okay with two people, but it's more fun with more. Yeah. And um, if you want to play like a two-person fast-paced game, then I suggest Speed or Spit, which have similar slappy kind of grabbing cards mechanics. Or Spoons, that's another one. But Spoons is more fun with multiple people um, to wheedle down kind of like in a tiered system. So, um, yeah, never mind. Take Spoons out of that rank. That's there. That's not fun with two people at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's uh, it that's that's my number three. Cool and three. Uh, yeah. So you have one number three. Oh no, yeah, that's right. That was two. I have two threes. This is easy to keep track of for sure. Okay, so it's like cards. Okay, so when you see two threes, <laughs> it's like cards. Except you dealt me four cards. Well, you dealt yourself eight. <laughs> if we're playing president, now you have to put. Um, two fours on or yeah i gotta, two, I gotta you give you gotta, two clear cards you gotta you gotta rank your two twos on top of my two threes right yeah exactly <laughs> all right my number two my only number two <laughs> is a game that i'm pretty sure is going to be on your list euchre hey so euchre is a game that i played a lot in high school in ohio and apparently, it, Ohio is like the hotbed of euchre. It, it, I didn't know this. Apparently, it used to be popular across the entire U.S., like, I don't know, 100 years ago or something. Um, but now it's pretty much only played in the Midwest. And Ohio is like the hotbed of euchre. It's died out everywhere else. Yeah. It's like an endangered species of card games. <laughs> well, and I, I and think, for some reason, it survives in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. And and Euchre is a fantastic game. So this is a, a trick-taking game with a small bidding element. Um, and what's interesting is that it requires exactly four players. There is officially a three-player variant that I've never seen attempted. Well, because you have to play with teams. Yeah, well, not, there, there's a three-player variant that you could, that everyone's on their own. But um, but yeah, there is, I've never seen it played other than four people. Um, so and it, you're, you're playing as two teams of two pairs across from each other. Euchre requires a lot of explanation to new players it's the kind of thing that like if everyone is tired and or tipsy and like most of the way through the night this is a hard game to teach <laughs> if you've never played a trick-taking game sure yeah 
if you've played trick-taking games, this one isn't so bad to learn. True. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but it's like it's such a strange thing. It's one of those things that, like if you don't know what people are doing and you see, and you and you see four people you know playing euchre and you aren't familiar with the game, you're gonna have a very hard time figuring out what the game is. Oh, playing with good euchre players is very upsetting. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to figure out what is happening. It's just yeah. an absolute whirlwind because cards are getting thrown down, stuff's getting picked up, and you're like, <laughs> I. Can I can watch this for three days straight and still have no idea what you're doing? Yeah, like one of my favorite aspects of euchre is that part where, like, you know, so it's it's a trick taking game. It's a mysterious, game. and you it's four people, and you only play with like the top half of the deck by value, and so you only get five cards per hand. You can always tell a euchre deck because it's half dirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you see a euchre <laughs> deck. Yeah, the top half of it is like more like this. If you look at it from the side, it, it visibly looks like more brown on the edges than the bottom half because like pristine and white because no one's ever used the bottom half. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it does, it does kind of ruin whatever deck. You got to have like a dedicated euchre deck. <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't play that in normal play because usually the high value cards which you're playing euchre with end up being dirty so they're super easy to spot yeah. from the rest of the cards so you can basically like cheat at everything else yeah they're visibly much more worn <laughs> but yeah like I, I love how there is that element you mentioned of like when like it, there comes a point in most euchre hands where one team has taken three tricks but they know they can't get all five and so therefore the rest of the play doesn't matter and once people figure that this is the state that like that basically the rest of the hand is is predetermined slash irrelevant They'll just throw their cards in the middle. And if you <laughs> don't know the game or if you didn't figure that out already in your head, it looks crazy. You're like, wait, what What just happened? Why did everyone just throw their cards in the middle and everyone else moves on? You're like, wait, what? What just happened? Oh, and you get upset about Mao? <laughs> this is exactly what Mao is. It's just like that. <laughs> but it is it is like logical. And once you figure it out, like it makes sense. But Euchre is – it's such – like. The learning curve is somewhat steep. <laughs> but you are allowed to teach people the rules, unlike Mao, which you're yeah. not. So. Yeah, and it is possible to, to, you know, if somebody really wants to learn, you can explain it in, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour, you know, and, and you know, they'll play a few hands, they'll get a few things wrong. <laughs> like, and it, it almost seems designed to trip people up. Like, so it, it's a trick-taking game with a concept of a Trump suit. <laughs> what's, what's especially entertaining is that the highest value card in the Trump suit is the jack. Yep. not the rest of the cards so well in the second and highest then, yes <laughs> so the jack is this thing called the right bower then there's the left bower which is the second highest ranking card which is the jack of the other suit of the same color so this trips people up like crazy when they're learning even even experienced players will often accidentally forget that the jack of the other black or red suit is officially a trump card and is a member of that other suit logically and so they might accidentally renege by like not following suit when they should have followed so like there's all sorts of like little trip up things in euchre and it's it's a game that you only play with five cards each like it shouldn't be as complicated as it is but it almost seems like it was designed to to like have these little elements to trip people up to to really make you pay attention and this is euchre is a game where you have to pay attention you can this is not a like play it while watching a movie kind of game this is like you got to pay strict attention to euchre to every single thing people do otherwise you will either lose or you will inadvertently break the rules this is a very nerd happy brain game yeah exactly um and i will say it it is um there is some some 
elements of strategy here. Um, there is also the the bidding element where you kind of take a look at the at your hand at the beginning when everyone is deciding you know whether and what to call Trump. Uh, so you take a look at your hand, and there is an aspect of like risk taking with bidding and between you and your partner. Um, there is opportunity for cheating because there's the opportunity to somehow communicate with your partner how good your hand is in certain suits, and so that's that's a bit of a problem to to deal with. Um, but there is that whole bidding system and the partner system that adds a lot of dynamics to what is otherwise a fairly simple trick-taking game, um, but with all these weird little exceptions to all the rules. So it's fun. It, it, and what, what's also good about Euchre is that it moves very quickly. You wouldn't think it would, but it does. Um, so it, it once you know it, which is a that's a that's a big a big wall to climb if you're if you're not in the super nerdy learning mood. But once you know it. It's a very fun game. So Euchre is my number two. All right. My um, my pair of twos, my deuces I got, <laughs> AC deuces, um, all right, is Apple and Bullshit. I love that you combine these. I, I, I was thinking about putting Bullshit on my list, um, but I, I, it, First it, of all, I don't think it has a lot of lasting power. That's why it needs to be paired with Apple. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> Two cursing word games. Right. Awesome. Second of all, it, it they are two very good drinking fun games with friends. Yeah, agreed. They are both pretty fast-paced. One has more thinking and moving and uh, dynamic than the other. Uh, the one that Marco ranked, whole slash president, is the more dynamic one. And then bullshit uh, or BS for the kids <laughs> they know what it means they know what it, that's why they learn it every middle schooler learns this game yes. they're like oh my god it's called bullshit uh that one is a much more fast and easy game it's fun um it's fun because there's lying involved and you are you have to lie in order yeah. to, for the game to move forward so it's really fun calling out your friends when they're lying or trying to guess the people that are lying or it's it's fun to get away with the lie as you're playing um so that's why I needed to rank it up there because it's that like easy, cool level game that, yeah, it's not my favorite, but sometimes you're just in the mood for some bullshit. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a really easy throwdown game. It's great to teach people. It's super easy to teach people. You can play it with any age group. If you change the name a little bit, I couldn't leave it out. It's such a great game when you're in the mood for that game. Yeah, I, I do love the mechanic of it. Um, for, again, for, for a quick summary for anybody who hasn't played. Yeah, it. the idea, the yeah. idea of bluffing in this game is so. What you do is someone you you go through the deck and you count up, super easy. So you say, "I'm laying down one three, and then the next person has to lay down the next number. It's very yeah. similar it, and to it's a, president. So it's like whatever, however many fours you have, you can lay down and and you say, all right, here's three fours or whatever. Right. But, and the next person can go, okay, here's um five. Uh, you can't say five. That's you can, bullshit. You can. <laughs> yeah, because you, you can say whatever you want. And even if you don't have any of that number, you got to put something down and you got to say as if you, so, you know, even if you have no fives and it's your turn and it's five and five is up, you got to say, well, all right, two fives and you just put them down and th- you're putting Everything. all the cards face down. Yes. And so nobody can see whether anyone has actually put down what they said they put down or whether they put down two other random garbage cards. And the goal is to get rid of all of your cards. So you're encouraged to bluff. You're encouraged to say you have more cards than you think. If they're lying and they get caught, they have to pick up all the cards. So that kind of starts you back from ground zero. But once you have all those cards, you know 
who has what, and you have control of all of those cards, so you could really see who's lying and who isn't. So it's kind of powerful to get stuck with all the cards. Uh, There are penalties if you call BS on somebody and they didn't lie, then the person who called it gets to pick up all the cards. So it's not a... Even calling it out that someone else is lying is still a risk because they could be telling the truth right yeah because that's otherwise you would call it on every on every turn (laughs) right but but if you if you call it and yeah like if if it's real so there is a big risk to the person calling it and that's why like i love when the games get to a point where like someone's like someone doesn't have a lot of cards left and they're you know they put down like you know they're they're like you know their second to last card and like one six and like <laughs> three people around the table are all looking at each other like are you gonna call it are you gonna call it? like nobody wants to call it because nobody wants the big stack of cards but there's this person who's about to win and someone has to call it but nobody wants to be the one to take all those cards when it when it is one six after all it's such a good feeling though when you are that first to go out person and you actually have the proper card and yeah. everyone calls you on it and you flip it over and it's not it's just you're telling the truth it's so it's so great and one of the other things too in this game in the lawless land of bs you can kind of like slip in cards that aren't actually called for i have definitely played where i'm like four threes and i really play five cards just to get rid of other (laughs) cards so if someone calls you on it and they see that there was more cards laid down you can still you know get penalized and pick up all the cards but it is an extra way to play. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because like you're just you're taking the risk. Like you know, if people aren't paying that much attention to what you're putting down, then it's your advantage to take. Like that's the whole point of the game is to lie and cheat your way through the game. So it's super fun, really easy to play. Um, it definitely had to be up there, and I have to rank it with President, which you already very uh, thoroughly explained, and I helped you, which because it's a great game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. My favorite rule in President though is the little man rule. Yeah, we one of our variations, <laughs> it's a fun one, where is that if you are president for three rounds in a row, you get to make a new rule that stands for the rest of the night. And it could be as stupid as you want. And yeah, and so one of the rules that we would often play is you have to imagine there's a little man sitting on top of your drink and you you cannot take a sip of it until you pick up the little man with your finger with the invisible motion, <laughs> drink, and then place the little man back on the drink after you set it back down. Um, so it's yeah there's a lot of opportunity for fun drinking stuff <laughs> with president <laughs> all right my number one i i assume you have only two I have, I have two number ones <laughs> my, two, i got two aces in the hole <laughs> my soul number one is hearts hey so wait before you even say yeah my two number ones which totally my two aces which totally beat your one ace obviously obviously so that's the way cards work is euchre and hearts real i didn't know you liked hearts as much as i do i love hearts hearts is like the easier more group friendly version of euchre yeah but it's a very different game i would say they're both trick trump they're both trick taking games Mm -hmm. with trump and with a trump aspect but with hearts not only are you playing with a much larger hand because you deal out the whole deck so and usually you know there's four people so you're getting like you know 13 cards each and with hearts you are trying not to take uh, the trump tricks and the trump points and and it turns out i didn't know this the, the game that most of us think of as hearts which was the version popularized by microsoft windows <laughs> see also <laughs> spider solitaire um but this is actually not the official 
old version of Hearts. It is now called American Hearts or Black Lady. Um, the the kind of original version of Hearts did not have the Queen of Spades as a thirteen point card, or the concept of shooting the moon. I don't know. When I watched the videos, Hearts Standard Hearts had the concept of shooting the moon, and I don't know if it was the Queen of Spades. I think the card varies on what is like the thirteen point card. So it turns out, so officially, like Hearts doesn't have either of these things, but this version of Hearts is so commonplace especially thanks to Microsoft Windows, that this has basically become the definition of hearts by modern means. But there is a British version of hearts that is like this, but it adds more cards that are worth extra points. Okay. And I didn't look into like what all of them are, but like it's, it's basically there's more cards that are worth points. Um, so what I love about hearts is that you kind of have to think in reverse, like how do I avoid getting points? Or like what points are safe for me to take and i love the mechanic of the queen of spades being worth 13 so like there's this huge bomb that you're trying to either avoid or get rid of and all these strategies involved of do you want it or do you not want it there are certain variations of gin um that also do the same thing where you get the your opponent's points added to you if you go out first like there are a couple different ways to play that game there are a lot of nuanced variations that you can or can't play it's kind of like monopoly like you know there's a lot of like house rules that go down but yeah that's why i like hearts too because you can really strategize and think about like i know i'm going to probably be getting points how is the least worst way for me to play this game right and what i like about it too like you know euchre I think suffers a bit from how much of it is luck of the draw because you only have five cards in each hand in Euchre. And if you just get a bunch of bad deals, like there's not much you can do with that. With Hearts, you're playing with such large hands and you have the thing where you take whatever it is, two or three cards and, and pass them to the left and then pass them to the right and then across and then no pass. Like it, So you have... Well, it's like it's three pass and then um, left, right, and then... And then across and then no pass. For, yes. for the, the subsequent rounds. Anyway, mm-hmm. so there, there's a concept at the beginning of each round where you basically pick whatever three cards you don't want in your hand and pass them to another player, and then you receive someone else's discarded cards. And so the combination of that plus the larger hands, I think, allows for more strategy in hearts compared to a Euchre or most games where you have such small hands um, because, because in, there's in, more cards involved. And so like the, the effects of luck, I think, are averaged out more in, in hearts. I love I love hearts. I love the that dynamic of avoiding getting points. I love the strategy involved in picking which cards you pass to another player at the beginning. Like because you you can do things like short suit yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the queen of spades, it's worth thirteen. You can choose whether to keep it so you can control when it's played, yep. or whether to pass it to someone else. In which case, it's out of your control. And so there's and then you have to choose like how many spades do I hold on to? Like there there's a lot of strategy in that pass mechanism that i really respect and and that that gets gets a lot lot of um intellectual points for me for hearts compared to a lot of other games where you just kind of you know do whatever you're dealt i do love the aspect of shooting the moon which is yes it's a kind of out where you realize okay i'm playing this so incredibly badly that if i try and like reverse this and get all of the cards instead of getting rid of my cards you would get no points and force all of your opponents to get points in return if you actually succeed but if you don't then you just end up with a ton of points and like you're missing one card and it's just it's terrible but i did it once 
I did it, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So I can attest to how good it feels to shoot the moon and just throw down and be like, bam, I did it. <laughs> I love uh, that every friend group has, like, one person, and they're, like, the jerk who always shoots the moon. They always try, but you have to be... No, but the, the best like, part people is who are good succeeding. at it. Yeah, like, what, what I love about hearts, too, is, like, if you're a good hearts player and you have a good hand, you can be sure whether whether you can take the next 10 tricks or whether you can avoid taking them like because you know you can see what you have and you can actually strategize and plan like all right well as long as i can get rid of all my clubs early or whatever then i know that then I'll, i'm fine the rest of the game and what i love is when when somebody is shooting the moon <laughs> or when you've screwed somebody into having a bunch of hearts and a bunch of point cards i love when the game kind of accelerates and nobody can stop the outcome. <laughs> and there's still like, you know, six or seven tricks left to go. But you can tell like, oh, God, they're shooting the moon and I can't stop them. Can you stop them? No. Can you stop them? No. Like no one can stop. Them. Like, damn it. They're going to they're going to do it. And you just you kind of just play it out and you're like, damn it, damn it, damn it. Like <laughs> you can just see it happening. Or, you know, when you have a bad hand and, and you're taking a bunch of tricks and you just can't lose the lead. You keep winning each hand. You keep having to lead, and everyone else just keeps discarding, discarding, discarding. And you're like, "Damn it, you screwed me!" And it's like you play like, "God, I'll, I'll lead with a six. Surely somebody will have something higher than six. And then people play five, four, three, and you're like, "Damn it!" <laughs> I just, I love, I love the aspect of hearts that you just kind of feel like you can screw your friends over so badly all the time. <laughs> and I finally love that, like the way it's usually scored is, you know, you don't want points. And usually you play until somebody exceeds 100 points. And I love the idea that basically you're playing until, like, everybody wins except you. Like, one person <laughs> loses, basically. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a fun reversal of most games where you're trying to score to win. And I just, I love it so much. Euchre has a similar mechanic of the shooting the moon, where you can go it alone. That's true, Without yeah. your partner, if you know that you have a really good hand. So... I like that both of these games have those kind of similar elements. And that's why I grouped them together, because I like playing Euchre with a group of people that know how to play Euchre. And that is very rare. So it's hard to put that as like a number one game when so few people play it and you have so few opportunities to play it. But Hearts feels more accessible and easier to teach people. There are it's more people in the game um, well, no, you can play with five. Well, you Hearts can play is with- more flexible with the number. You can play with, mm-hmm. like, you can technically play with two. It's not very fun. It's Hearts yeah. is better as, like, you know, three to five, basically, but four is the most common. But you can so. play with three. And yes, you can. Play you with- can. So that's the thing. Like, Euchre, it's four. That's it. Yeah. Hearts, you can have more people. You can have less people. Um, and there's just more involved. You can use the whole deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like, if, if you have, like, an odd number with Hearts, you, like, take out one card. Like, th- th- there's a list of, like, oh, if you have... Three people, then you take out, like, the two of clubs or something like that. Like, there's, there's like, official things that you do to, like, even it out. But it's, like, you know, you take out one or two cards, basically. Really? Yeah. Because otherwise, because you can't have people having different amounts of cards. I guess you read the wiki. I did. I did my research. Your YouTube research didn't have that, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I've played more card games than you. <laughs> you totally have. In my top four hand here. But at least you're... If top four were a card game... I would have all the points. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's hearts. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I get no.